The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts, Ray Austin and J.D. Harris, are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of The Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin. Well, we are back. Welcome back, everybody. It's Wednesday. It's the end of the first part of the NFL. Reese, what's good, brother? What's going on, man? How you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, man. Uh, you guys do anything exciting uh, on New Year's Eve? No, not really. We just uh, hung around the crib and did what we've been doing the last couple of years, just uh, bringing the New Year's in with the kids. You know, we can't really get out and do anything uh, <clears throat> since we have the kids around. But um, we had a good time nonetheless. Had a bunch of uh, junk food to snack on and the girls got to stay up real late. And, of course, Amina, the youngest, she wanted to be the last one in bed. So I think she didn't go to sleep until, like, 2.30 in the morning. Crazy. <laughs> Running out. Uh, yeah, yeah, we had a good time. How about yourself? Oh, man, I was pretty much low-key. Uh, nothing spectacular. Went, I did go to uh, – had the opportunity to go to the Fiesta Bowl. Did you watch the game or yes, the I event, <clears throat> I should say? What's that? Did you watch the Fiesta Bowl? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, I think I was going back and forth between that and another game that was on at the same time. But, uh, yeah, I did catch it. And uh, it, it was a pretty good game. Uh, Notre Dame, you know, I, I think Notre Dame was outmatched because of injuries. But, you know, they, they fought tooth and nail till the end. But I think uh, the, the number of injuries that they had, you know, kind of did them in in the long run. Yeah, I mean – and. Like I've posted on social media, it was crazy. So if you know me, you know I'm an Ohio State and a Notre Dame fan. So I win and lose at the same time, you know, with uh, with that particular game. What You're ahead in your bet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I actually had a chance. I, I In fact, I got my tickets from uh, Slager, the former quarterback that was uh, started the season that Joe Montana got hurt. Uh, I think it was Joe Montana's ju- or senior season or junior se- junior season. So uh, Rick Slager is who I actually got the tickets from, and it was it was funny because you know I'm looking at him. I'm like, you're not too much taller than I am. Um, but you know, at the game you saw like Keyshawn and stuff, and David Robinson. I'm not gonna even lie. I was, I felt like I was TMZ or somebody uh, just with all the different people that were there. Uh, it was a great time, you know, seeing guys like Robert Smith, who we grew up watching. And, you know, you remember the days back when we would play video games, Reese. Uh, we would be playing Madden and stuff. So it yeah. it was really interesting. Uh, it, and, again, the bowl games, I don't know about you, but they all just seemed to be seem lopsided. It didn't seem like teams were matched well uh, of the different well, bowl games. What, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that was definitely the case. But um, <clears throat> this was probably, you know, I've, I've been watching football for uh, a long time now. And, you know, I used to really be into the bowl games. But, of course, you know where, I'm, where I stand with that now. But this has to be one of the worst, if not the worst, bowl seasons I could remember. Uh, of, of all the years of watching football, there weren't any good games at all. I think the uh, the two best games may have been the day after the uh, the uh, well, not no, I, I take that back. It was the uh, January second games where you had uh, Oregon and uh, TCU at the uh, Alamo Bowl, 
and uh, I think uh, was at the Cactus Bowl with West Virginia and, and who was at uh, Arizona, Arizona State. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, those two were probably the best games out of, you know, all 125 bowl games that there were, there was. Yeah, three and four uh, or three and seven teams playing in a poo-poo bowl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, you know, not it's just bad mismatch. And, and let's face it, man, you know, a lot of these teams don't deserve to be playing postseason anyways. It's kind of like, you know, the the Pop Warner League where everybody gets an award. Man, come on, man. Stop with that nonsense. If you're, if you're in there with a 500 record, you don't deserve to be awarded a, a game. You know, and, that, and that's, you know, one of my major issues with these bowl games. And, of course, they've just added more bowls and, you know, given more slots to teams that don't deserve to be playing, you know, uh, in December or in January. So... Well, well and, and we know this, Maurice. It always you fo- follow the money trail, and yeah. it's about money for them and for these entities. But here's the other thing: like the Cactus Bowl, like the Fiesta Bowl, those stadiums weren't sold out. No, <laughs> um, you know they're in my backyard. I thought it would have more of an impact. I'm really intrigued to see what's going to happen um, this weekend. Or I mean Monday next week with the national championship game. I I actually have intentions now of going to it, but you could get lower bowl seats for the Fiesta Bowl, and this is no lie for fifty dollars. Yeah, I, it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, a lot well, of factors. Face value was like two sixty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of factors play into that. Um, Number one, economics. <clears throat> uh, right after Christmas season, and you know, people are saving up for uh, the holidays and Christmas, and you know, these games are announced what the last week of November. Yes. So a lot of money is already tied up in you know shopping and and traveling, anyways. And then, you know, on top of that you have two teams that are not from the region, you know, even though they have great followings, you know, Notre I was about Dame to say Notre Dame, Dame though is different. Notre yeah, Dame. I mean, they, they have great followings. I mean, they're, you know, you have Notre Dame alum and Notre Dame fans everywhere. Yeah. You know, and I was about of, to say Notre Dame is one of those rare institutions where they Notre Dame is not limited to a region in a sense, like, most of their no, who's from South Bend? How many Notre Dame students are actually even from Indiana? You know what I mean? Oh, no, no. absolutely. <laughs> it, it's it, it's one of those entities where most of the people are all all displaced all over the country. So you yeah. would th- I would have thought that a game like this would have had more people. But then even for Ohio State standpoint, they were like, shoot. We should be competing for the national championship this weekend. That you know, yeah. and you've heard fans say that that was more or less their attitude towards it. Yeah, and you know, again, they they have a a good gripe with with that mentality. Also, I mean, especially after the shellacking that Michigan State took uh, yeah. against Alabama, I, I think that Ohio State would have definitely put up a better challenge. And and I, you know, we'll we'll probably get into that in a, in a little bit. Oh, no, go ahead. You can go ahead and elaborate on that now. Well, you know, I, I was just going to talk about Alabama. You know, Clemson is the number one team, but yet they're the underdog, and they've pretty much been the underdog all year. Uh, but, you know, what what people are failing to realize, and, and some people that, you know, watch Alabama quite a bit, they understand that the one thing that can uh, fluster Bama defensively is a, is a mobile quarterback. And, you know, fortunately that's what we have in in Clemson. So I think that, you know, if you look back, even at Ohio state, even though they, they had Cardell Jones, who isn't as mobile as, you know, Braxton Miller or uh, the other guy, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, he still was a threat to run and pick up first downs, you know, as big as he was. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And you have that type of guy in, in Clemson's QB. He's able to extend plays with his legs, but also, you know, those third and shorts or those third third and mediums, he's able to use his legs to pick up first downs and keep, keep the chains moving. So with Bama, they like to play, <clears throat> you know, a deep, uh, too deep. And, and, and press man on the outside and, and basically uh, rush, rush four. Yeah, and, and they're able to neutralize teams that way. That's why, you know, Michigan State couldn't really do anything. Um, they were locked up all over the field, and, and, you know, the quarterback can't run. You know, he's coming off a shoulder injury uh, anyway, so he's reluctant to take hits. But uh, you're gonna, it's going to be a totally different game come Monday. Um, and I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing it. But again, you know, you would have liked to have seen a better semifinal effort from Michigan State. Uh, even in the Clemson uh, matchup with Oklahoma, you know, that, that Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it could have been worse than it actually was. Oklahoma did put up a fight, you know, somewhat and, and, and made it somewhat interesting where, you know, you still watch to see if they could get some stops. Yeah. We'll talk a little little bit more about this. We're going to go into break. Um, So we'll be back. Happy New Year! Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel the fans now have a voice to speak their mind no holds barred they need a bitch's ass and then move on i just just think that the coach made a mistake crazy (laughs) nfl mlb nba nhl speak up speak up or forever hold your mouth we ain't playing around here voice america sports You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back. Uh, we're just discussing what's going on with the college bowl games, and we've come to the conclusion that they have been doo-doo. Uh, hopefully we get a better game matchup, which I think it should be. Never been so much of a Clemson fan, but it'll be interesting to see what happens um, this week or next week and see who gets crowned national champion. 
So if you had to pick between the two teams, Reese, who are you going with? Uh, right now, I'm, I'm going with Clemson. <clears throat> and it's basically because I think they have the more dynamic offense and they can, you know, they can match Alabama defensively. Uh, they're, they're able to stop the run. They have some good, good DBs. So, and, and they have the ability to apply pressure uh, on, on, uh, on the quarterback. So I'm going with, I'm going with Clemson. I think they're going to come out playing with a chip on their shoulder, of course, since they are the underdog once again. And, uh, you know, I think this is going to be a highlight reel just like last year uh, in the semifinal with uh, Ohio State when they beat down Alabama. So uh, that's, that's what I'm looking for. For no real logical reason, I'm going to go ahead and take Alabama. They're kind of the big brother of the SEC. You just feel like that they just have something. Clemson hasn't experienced a lot <laughs> lately, and Alabama just knows what it likes. They have a bitter taste. Um, so I, that's why I would have to say I'm going with Alabama. But change of subjects, man. This NFL season, it was crazy on the field. Like, I just felt like it was so unpredictable. It was a lot of parody. But would you say how this season ended is what you expected? I mean, for me. Um, <clears throat> oh, go ahead. Y- yes, yes, and no. I mean, number one, you know, going back to our. Uh, predictions, you know, I had predicted Philadelphia and Pittsburgh meeting in the Super Bowl, and of course, that's not going to happen. Uh, the the most stunning thing is probably Washington, um, and and not not necessarily Washington, but Kirk Cousins and 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 how he's basically turned it around, totally cut down on the turnovers, high completion percentage, and and playing good football. See, um, Kirk Cousins didn't surprise me, Reese. And I don't know if, you, like, even before this year, I was like, the the Redskins got a steal, um, especially with RG3 being able, the style of play he has, getting hurt. And it reminds me of, like, Dallas Cowboys when they had, like, Steve Wash and Troy Aikman. You know, um, I thought the whole purpose was to have, Kirk Cousins on the roster as cha- tra- potential trade bait. Um, but I liked him at Michigan State. He's always been kind of a fiery guy. Washington didn't surprise me as much as Carolina did, especially when they didn't have a receiver. I wouldn't have never I wouldn't have never guessed that Carolina would be, you know, almost run the table and be undefeated. You know what I'm saying? Um yeah. That I would have to say, in terms of a team, that team was a, a big, a major surprise for me. Well, I think that Carolina, when you, when you look at them, they have that formula that you know will be there at the end. They have a, a very good defense. They have a solid running game. They have a mobile beast at quarterback. And probably their most reliable receiver is Greg Olson. So you 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 combine the ability to you know run the ball with play action pass, get Greg Olson in the seam, and that's really been hurting guys. And then when they start sucking in on Greg, then some of these receivers that well I don't even I still don't know the names of these receivers to tell you the truth. But I mean they've gotten better week after week after week. I think more so than Carolina, though, is how Atlanta just basically fell apart. You know, the, yeah. the Falcons just fell off the face of the earth, and New Orleans, they were really, really mediocre, if that, throughout the entire season. So I, I think more more than, you know, Carolina, you know, 15-1, and one, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's definitely surprising, but along with that is the dismal performance of Atlanta and New Orleans. But I will say this. We knew going into the season, or at least last season, that the NFC South was horrible. So 
that actually didn't surprise. I mean, Atlanta falling off didn't surprise me because Atlanta is so fair weather that you you know it's coming. I, I, I think it. I, I think it was the the manner in which they fell off. And I can take that, but but then you go to a Carolina, and the very thing you said, okay, they have a strong game, running game and a tight end. Well, that still keeps your defense in the middle of the field. But you know, you're not thinking your boy from Ohio State is actually going to catch a, a couple passes. But even with that, he's always been a third or fourth receiver. So, right. but I, I guess for me. Just because that conference, okay, Carolina winning their conference or the you know the NFC South, that's not a surprise. Carolina beating going to Seattle and beating them and games like that, now that was surprising. I mean, that was one of the things well, I, I look at. I wouldn't have never said Cam Newton is a hundred percent clear the league's MVP. Well, yeah, Cam Newton is clearly. A hundred percent, the league's MVP. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, going <clears throat> when you go back and look at that uh, win that they got up at Seattle, it was a very good win. But at the same time, it wasn't the same Seattle team that we're seeing now. Uh, I agree, but a win, even on accident, a win is a win up in Seattle. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Uh, and I so agree. you get that. You get that factor. I mean, I expected Carson Palmer to play like he's played. But Russell Wilson, I've always had the highest regard for him. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Peyton Manning, I've said from the beginning of the season, he's not who people think he is anymore with or without injury. Um, So that didn't surprise me. I was surprised Jay Cutler didn't stink it up as much as I thought he was going to. You never told me Aaron Rodgers in three or four games would look pedestrian at best. Yeah. You, you know, where – so is to me this was a shocking year. But at the same time, I put Green Bay in the playoffs. I put uh, Arizona in the playoffs. I put Arizona, I thought, for the uh, conference title or division title uh, – Arizona playing um, Green Bay and Pittsburgh and New England and Pittsburgh beating New England. So uh, some of these things aren't as far off. Except for Green Bay, I think they won't make it out of this this week weekend. Um, but it's at the end of it, the overall thing, yes, the teams that I thought would be, be in there would be in there with the exception of Carolina. I didn't think Carolina would clinch the division. Yeah. Uh, give, a, <clears throat> give a shout out to uh, Minnesota also. Um, that was one of the one of the two teams that I thought would be, you know, dark horse teams going into this this season, you know, teams to watch. The other was Buffalo, and of course we know what happened to them throughout the season. Um but, you know, this game coming up uh, this weekend, you know, Seattle coming into Minnesota, they're playing outdoors for the first time, a playoff game since 1974. The temperature is going to be zero with uh, <laughs> 20 below windshield. And I, quite honestly, I don't I don't think that favors anyone. You know, of course, uh you know, the fans are going to be rowdy. The, those brave fans that would want to sit out there, I, I couldn't do it, honestly. No way in the world. But uh, when we would go to Bears games, it would be cold. And I'm like, I think about that now. It's like, there's no way in Hades. Yeah, I remember that Philly game we went to uh, when, uh, who was it, uh, Rashad Salam fumbled at the five. <laughs> but you remember that, what happened the week before that game, though? When I told you when he wouldn't uh, sign the stuff for the kids, I was like, "That's why you're gonna fumble twice this weekend." Yep. And he fumbled yep. on a five and on a ten. <laughs> yep, I remember that like it was yesterday. But yeah, it, it was frigid out there. But go um, ahead. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think this game coming up, I you know, <clears throat> it's gonna be interesting because uh, Marshawn Lynch, you know, will probably be back. And then, you know, he's a big back and you have uh, 
Adrian Peterson, who's also a big back. So it's basically going to be, you know, what defense is going to step up and stop the run. And I, I give the edge right now to Seattle in that regard. And I believe that, you know, with that, even despite it being extremely cold out there, you, you know how it is when you're playing. I, I hated playing in the foot, you know, in the cold. That's why I probably didn't play. It didn't finish seasons when it, during, you know, little league, uh, park district. But, um, when you're, when you're playing, you're not thinking about the cold, no. you know? Yeah. The only time you think about it is when you get hit, but in, in, in the, in the process of playing, you're not really thinking about the cold. So in I terms should, of, well, uh, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you with that Maurice. Cause I remember, uh, my, junior season we're in a playoff or a, a playoff implicated game and new Trier and everybody was like cold and you're talking about guys that are used to going to a postseason uh with pop warner so when we go to high school it's like okay we played late in november and it was freezing so i will respectfully disagree with you with that one well I mean, it, it depends on how you look at it. I, I think that uh, the guys in the trenches don't mind. I think it's the guys that are out on the perimeter, out on the island, <laughs> that will have an issue with it. Um, you know, Russell West, uh, I was about to say Russell Westbrook. Russell Wilson's hands are so large, I don't think, you know, the, 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 the cold weather is really going to affect him, you know, in terms of uh, throwing the ball unless it's, you know, windy out there. So we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. It's just going to be, you know, frozen tundra move further north. And uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Uh, and speaking of Russell Wilson, I did see Sierra at the game. Uh, we'll talk about the, cart, the other NFL games in a second when we get back. Uh, we'll take a quick break. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports surfing is taking the world by storm it's not just the sport itself but the culture that surrounds it from music to fashion art and competition surf talk show is the place that will showcase it all your hosts are jj and the doctor two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture They'll bring you the knowledge and the entertainment that will keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. on the East Coast on Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to JD Harris at high-intensitysports.com Now, let's get back to the show. So, Reese, I have to ask you this. Were you surprised that any of the coaches fired or not fired? Um, <clears throat> I wasn't surprised with Tom Coughlin resigning. I, I, I thought that he would resign rather than be fired. Did you watch his press conference? You know what? Every, it's funny, man, because uh, everybody's been commenting on it and, and talking about it. 
and I have yet to, you know, watch it. You know, you so, need uh, to see that. Tom yeah, Coughlin, I am. Tom Coughlin, I'm gonna put this in hood terms. Tom Coughlin is a G. He That's is what a I OG. heard, man. He is an OG, and he walked off, looked at Mara, like, what? <laughs> and kept on walking. Like, yeah. I mean, I can't wait to be at that point in my life where I could. He pretty much did whatever in a bleep he wanted to do, and was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what I heard, man. So I'm I'm looking forward to watching it. I don't know why I haven't had, had a chance to watch it yet, but uh, I'm going to take a look at it this evening. Are you surprised that Sean Payton stayed? Um. You know what? I, I'm really neutral on that because I believe that he's so, you know, ingratiated with the community, you know, and 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 New Orleans loves him, you know, Saint fan, you know, the the Saints fans, the the ones that, you know, were following the team, fans for the longest, you know, they absolutely love, you know, him and Drew Brees. I mean, they brought a title. To New Orleans, so I think that um, yeah, I, I, I didn't really have an opinion one way or the other, you know, with, with him. But uh, when he made the, when he made the announcement that he couldn't see himself, you know, coaching anywhere else, I mean, that really isn't surprising to me. Yeah, and it's crazy because we're we're. I was thinking this might would have gone into the season. This was Ron Rivera's last straw. He just extended his life. Um, I Cleveland never surprises me. <laughs> um, no. You know, it's a place, it, it's, it's a bus stop. <laughs> and usually people that go to that stop, they don't go move on from there. They just kind of disintegrate into the atmosphere. Yeah, and that, you know, that's not, <clears throat> and the thing is, man, uh, with, about that, um, you know, I just totally feel for Cleveland fans, period. And I think I stated this before, you know, a couple, a couple of months ago. I mean, they don't deserve this. The Cleveland Browns fans, they're so faithful. Uh, the Cleveland fans in general. You know, whether it be the Browns, the Indians, or the Cavs, they're they're faithful and they're hungry for a first title. But for this organization to be uh, as inept as they are, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. And this whole Johnny Manziel situation, I mean, that's another story to get, you know, talk about and get into. But, um they're going to be forced to go out and get an, uh, draft another quarterback. Which again. Yeah, which they should have done with, you know, that that should have been playing regardless of what he he was doing. You know, what I mean, to be quite honest, <clears throat> as of last weekend, he knows he was gone. To me, I thought Ray Farmer took one for the team uh when he took the suspension with contacting the coaches on the sideline. Um, so I thought he would get a, a grace period. So you go without pay for, I think he went for four weeks without pay. Then you fire him and it's like, really? But, you know, and it's not like Cleveland Browns have, have not had good players coming in when the owner wanted Johnny Manziel, but then, you know, I'm sure they had pressure to get Josh Gordon. They had pressure to, uh, I mean, you have people like Joe Hayden, but my thing is, if you're going to uh, hold the general manager a standard, you have to think about this. What free agent wants to go to Cleveland? Nobody. I mean, if it's the money is even anywhere else in the league, people would rather go to Green Bay than to go to Cleveland. Like, I, I see Cleveland as the equivalent of Minnesota Timberwolves basketball. You I know, thought you no, say 76ers right now. Well, Philly, you know, I, I think, uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that sometime in the future, but I, I think that um, they're, they're making some good decisions and good, good moves now. 
And I, I think it's not, you know, it's, it's not going to be too long before that franchise turns around. I think they got some good people in place now. And so I think that's a little bit different. And plus it's a, it's a bigger market than Minneapolis. Um, but, uh, you know, you're, you're absolutely right in terms of free agents and, you know, getting the key free agents to come to Cleveland. I mean, it's just one of those destinations where guys gonna be like, man, look, I'm trying to compete for a Super Bowl. I have a short window. Yeah, I want this money, but I want a ring too. But you know, think so. about LeBron. Look, think about how how hard it was for the Cavaliers. And it, even though you got love, but love was rare. Nobody else would have came to Cleveland. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, and that's why you know LeBron. You know, that's why LeBron had to leave Cleveland to go to Miami to get you know, those rings and come back. Now he has, you know, leverage. Now he has uh, the cachet to say, okay, guys, you know, whoever wants to win a championship, come come here, you know, in terms of, like, the, the elite players. And that's where you can get a Kevin Love. players, I don't see them wanting to come to Cleveland still. Well, it depends on the type of player and the, and the position. Of course, you know, somebody that's playing small forward or even shooting guard, they'll be hesitant and going. But, you know, Kyrie was already there. Is that? So him coming back, you know, uh, they, they're already set at the one. They're set at the three. Getting Kevin Love a stretch four, uh, you know. So, I mean, that it, it's different now because you have a superstar that went out, got his rings, and came back. So the the LeBron James that you see now in Cleveland, it's a little bit more attractive to play with than the LeBron before because he was still young and, you know, still trying to, you know, get that ring. Uh, And also he's unselfish. Gotcha. So So, but getting back to as it relates to football. uh, So we got the Cleveland situation and, you know, a team that I think, greatly underachieved is the Houston Texans. I felt like what they, what they were putting together on defense, okay, you, you lost Andre Johnson, who was hurt most of the time last year. You know uh, Arian Foster has a tendency to be a little brittle. I thought that they would have done something different than what they did this year. and I, I'm not going to lie. I I'm kind of highly disappointed in the Texans uh, overall this year. Well, are you say you, you said you're you, you think they underachieved? Yes. E- even even with the injuries and even with the carousel at quarterback. Well, but that's why I'm disappointed because they had an off season to. They knew. I mean, I felt like they didn't really go out and seek after. A, a the real deal at quarterback. I felt like Arian Foster has all has the past couple of years been injury prone or prone to injury. So you knowing that going in, you have to start kind of looking. Okay, you know he's a he's going to be a mid age quarterback or running back. I need to address that. I need to get a good quarterback. Uh, and I felt like, you know, I was surprised like a team like the Texans actually didn't go after Kirk Cousins themselves because he seems to fit like he would to me, Kirk Cousins would be a Bill Belichick type of player or in a draft. Why didn't they draft a quarterback first? Because yeah. if you could draft a receiver all day long, but if you have nobody to get the ball to him, it's worth, worthless. Yeah. And I well, I get- they're a good Good enough quarterbacks, even going towards the second round, where they could have addressed their issues. So that's why I was disappointed with them. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, just like the NCAA tournament, all you have to do is get in. And who knows what can happen. They have home field advantage this weekend. They have Kansas City coming in. And, I mean, who knows? You know, as, as, as well as Kansas City has been playing, uh, these last 10 games, you know, I think they've, what, won 10 in a row? Yep. Um, Which is surprising. Yeah, it's absolutely surprising. And, and how, 
you know, pundits have basically doo-dooed on Alex Smith and basically said that, you know, he's not the type of quarterback that can get you to uh, that next level. I mean, he's played well, you know, he's and, and considering their, on somebody he could throw to. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. I and, mean, you know, and Jeremy Macklin, that, the biggest difference on that in that on that roster. Yeah. And to and do this. Yeah. And, and with the turnaround basically coming on the heels of uh, Jamal Charles going down for the season. And that makes it even more, you know, spectacular, you know, with what's happening there. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing that game. I'm also interested to see, uh, well, all, I think all the games this weekend yeah, are going to be. But wow. like, we're still just talking about surprises. Like, or disappointments. Is there some so like I'm disappointed that the Jets didn't make it in. I thought that they would have made it into the playoffs. Yeah, it's just one of those things where they basically got squeezed out. I mean, they they needed a, a, another win earlier in the season and those early losses come back to haunt you. You know, yep. uh and and it's unfortunate because I think they were a team that could make a lot of noise in the postseason, but unfortunately they couldn't get in. You know, Pittsburgh yeah. held on by thread. And sexy Rexy, what a worse way for it to end for the Jets. But um, we'll be back in a second to talk about uh, the playoffs, the rest of the playoffs, and things of that nature. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports are you a real sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lassiter formerly with the Arizona Cardinals San Diego Chargers and St. Louis Rams Kwame's got the experience so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lassiter's Sports Talk it's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time 12 noon Eastern Time get ready for an unpredictable fun and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports that's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Uh, so we're back. We're going to talk a little bit about the games this weekend. So we have that AFC wildcard game, Kansas City uh, versus Houston. What are your thoughts on that one, Reese? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm so I, – I like both teams, but um, I think Kansas City has too much of a good thing going right now for them to drop one, even though they're Hello? playing at Houston. Um, uh, so we – Can you hear me? Yeah, you kind of lo- got lost for a second, but you're back. Oh, okay, yeah. I was saying that I, I think that Kansas City has a little bit too much for Houston to deal with, even though, you know, they're playing in Houston. Um, 
and the fans, are, you know, the fans are going to be raucous. But uh, I think that, you know, they, Kansas City has a good thing going right now, and I, I see them coming out with a win. Mm. I think as long as J.J. Watt is on the field, I give Texans more hope. And, you know, I'm a big Watt fan. I think he's, if I had to pick the best player in the league right now, I mean, my first pick will go to him just because of the things he does. Uh, I think that the Kansas City Chiefs style of play actually plays into the hands of Houston. But I can't say that I'm sold on Houston. I mean, uh, you should they should have their – I mean, on, on Kansas City, but they should have their defense back. So just because the inconsistencies with Houston, I'm actually going to go against them and take Kansas City even though my heart wants to go with them. Uh, Pittsburgh against Cincinnati, this is a tough one. This is a, this is a very tough game to, uh, you know, predict because, hey, look, these two teams don't like each other. You know, they've been talking trash already. Uh, they're, you know, it depends. And I, I don't know if uh, uh, the redhead is going to be ready. <laughs> the mascot. Yeah, the mascot. I, I don't know if he's going to be ready. If not, you know, AJ McCarron, he's going to be at the helm. And, um, man, you know, I'm I'm going to have to go with Pittsburgh going in there and winning. And and honestly, you know, this would be another loss for Cincinnati in the playoff. And, yeah. And you know, what about Marvin Lewis? You know, the discussion is going to be raised once again. This guy has been there for what 13 years without a, a playoff win. So. Well, I'm gonna. I'm similar to you. I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh, just because they're they're just scrappy and they're relentless, and you don't know what angle they're gonna come from. Uh, the team is definitely taking the form and, or had the form and character of Coach Tomlin, and they know that that these aren't too often that you get these opportunities. So I have to go with Pittsburgh, just because of leadership and just because they also just have that scrappiness about them. And to be honest, I like Pittsburgh. Uh, The next game we have green Bay at Washington or green Bay versus Washington. Who are you going with? I'm going to go with Washington. Uh, I believe that green Bay, you know, is in a state of identity crisis. Uh, The offense has totally, you know, basically disappeared uh, for a multitude of reasons. Injuries, number one, I think. Number two, uh, the the line isn't holding up as they once did, and that may be due to injuries also. And it seems like uh, Aaron Rodgers is, is pressing just a little bit, and he's frustrated. Also, the defense, I mean, the defense is basically a sieve. You can run against them, so... Um, I see Alfred Morris having a, a, a pretty good day and uh, Deshaun Jackson having a big day also. So I'm going to go with uh, Washington. Yeah, I, I'm i just going to go with Washington because I like what Kirk Cousins is doing. Uh, I think they're scrappy. Are they a team of my choice? No, but I thought at this point in time Green Bay would get it together. But to see them two weeks in a row, how they've looked, I mean, I just think there are some internal things that's going to make it three weeks in a row. I think that they just need an offseason to regroup and go at at this thing again. So yeah, I agree. That's, that's kind of my deal with them. And then we have the Seattle versus Minnesota. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that, um, <clears throat> you know, th- this is a good stepping stone for Minnesota. Uh, it's, it's a good, uh, it's a big deal for them to win the North and, and host a game, especially, you know, going into the next season, opening up their new stadium. But I think Seattle's going to go in there and win and, and primarily due to, uh, Bridgewater being this being his first, uh, taste of playoff action. So I think that that's going to come into play and look, Seattle's playing like, one of the best teams in the league right now. You know, they dropped one uh, the week before. Who who was that they lost to? St. Louis or somebody? 
but um, they bounced back and beat Arizona at Arizona. So oh, man, um, they, came, they came with it. <laughs> they came yeah, with it. Yeah. Yeah, they, they got right, you know, last weekend. But, but uh, I'm going to go with us. It's more of an yeah. indictment on them coming, uh, them being that good or Arizona really not taking things as serious. And I think it was more or less of Arizona being complacent, to be quite honest. Um, and just speaking with some of the coaching staff after the game, uh, the general general consensus was, if we're going to play crappy or have a crappy week, this was actually the week to do so. So um, I'm going to say that, yeah, I I don't I think Seattle is back, but they're not as good. And I do take Seattle over Minnesota. I think Michael Bennett and those boys getting pressure. And when you're a cover three based team, um, you're used to sitting, you know, you're just kind of sitting there soft and kind of coming downhill on people which I think works in their favor to try to stop uh, Adrian Peterson. And I think that, you know, if Cam Chancellor comes back, that gives uh, that, that gives a good matchup with that eight in the box because their linebackers are pretty good against a run. I felt like if Minnesota passed more, that would be a different story. But with the temperatures being the way it is uh, – and did you see that drop by Cordell Patterson again? I mean, you know, so those things like that, I feel like um, it'll be Seattle. And then going into next week, you know, for, you know, those, those teams that win, they're, they'll all get shut down. I think unless, if I'm not mistaken, the winner of the Seattle-Minnesota game goes to Tampa or goes to Carolina, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. I think the I think, lower. I think Carolina, if they play Seattle uh, again, Seattle beats Carolina, and I mm-hmm. don't think Washington beats Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, I think that New England. Uh, if it's Pittsburgh or some something like that playing New England, I'll give it to Pittsburgh. Even Cincinnati, I think, could find a way if they had made it scrappy. Um, Denver, I'm not sold on them. So I still – the Super Bowl prediction looks the same to me. Kansas City – I mean, uh, Arizona versus Pittsburgh. That's just what I see. Well, we shall see. I mean, I, I'm not going to make any predictions for next week because anything can happen this week. We basically picked uh, all road teams, with the exception of uh, Washington, to uh, win this weekend. So I'm looking forward to it, actually. <clears throat> I'm looking well, forward to more so than uh, college football. This is probably one of the first years in a long time. Absolutely. I've been really yeah, amped, so. Well, and that, speaking of road, we got to hit the road. Uh, got to get these renegades together and uh, deal with this Arizona it, uh, weather that's feeling like a Chicago fall. <laughs> so, uh, Reese, thank you again, and uh, thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. All right, peace. Peace. Right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and Ray Austin on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon.